majestic red devil with horns clasping a pitchfork and standing in Santa's sleigh. A sign next to the reindeer said, Satan Claus. The old man busted out laughing until he began to wheeze and cough, spitting up tobacco phlegm. The purple-faced, oxygen-deprived man grunted loudly, clearing his throat, and spit a slime ball at the devil, hitting it in the face. This neighborhood has gone to hell. Chester continued his journey, but when he reached the lot, he noticed something lurking in the shadows behind a tree in the dimly lit park. He squinted and adjusted his glasses, but he couldn't make out the figure. An instinctive fear swept over the man as he did an about-face and retreated in the opposite direction. When he turned his head to look back, a shapely girl emerged from the darkness, and she looked like a skimpy-dressed harlot. Watkins thought to himself, It's twenty-four degrees, and this kid isn't wearing a coat. She must be on dope. Chester made his way to the first house next to the lot, and when he turned his head a second time to look, the girl was only a few feet behind him. The old man whirled around and extended his cane with both hands, like he was trained to do in the Marine Corps during bayonet practice. One more step, you little witch, and I'll take out both of your lungs. The wary man noticed that the girl was deathly white and she was wearing a black miniskirt and matching short-sleeved blouse. As he looked into her dark, lifeless eyes, he knew something was seriously wrong. Suddenly, she convulsed and displayed a sinister smile revealing sharp, pearly white fangs. He began to reason in his mind. I survived World War II. I'm a combat veteran. Tarawa and Guadalcanal, I fought the Japanese, and now some punk girl in crack is, is going to do me in. Uh, the boys at the VFW and the American Legion would laugh their asses off if they saw me now. In an attempt to gain an advantage, Watkins charged with his cane and yelled, I'm going to knock those stupid-looking teeth out of your head and send your ass to the orthodontist. The young girl stepped aside, causing the old marine to flail at the air, and she laughed at him, saying, "'You missed me?' In his next breath, Chester screamed, "'Perry left!' and struck the surprised teenager with a stabbing blow in the stomach. The determined man pulled back, swooping upward as the girl cringed and fell backwards onto the sidewalk. Watkins reassessed his situation and thought he just might have enough wits to win this fight. With the cigar dangling from his mouth, the cocky man looked down at the dizzy-looking girl and said, "'Well, Princess, are you ready to give up, or do you want me to put the cigar out on your face next?' Suddenly the teenager leaped to her feet and snatched the walking stick out of the former Marine's hand, snapping it in two. Watkins stood there with a puzzled look on his face as she politely smiled and handed both pieces back to him. "'You old bastard! You hit me and that hurt! You're in for it now!' With a sweeping kick to his legs, the senior citizen was toppled headfirst to the ground. When his face hit the sidewalk, his cigar and false teeth were simultaneously spit out. Dazed, Chester opened his eyes just in time to see his chattering dentures roll across the sidewalk and into the street. The young girl rolled her victim over and hissed as her hands fanned away stagnant cigar smoke. "'Nothing personal, Gramps. I'm just hungry.' When she bit into his neck, the sharp jolt into Chester's jugular caused him to regain consciousness.
As the life-giving blood was being sucked from his body, the helpless man emptied his bowels, causing the vampire to gag and choke as she fed. Coming up for air, she complained, "'You stinky old man, you shit your pants!' Too weak to continue the fight and barely clinging to life. Chester lay motionless as she dragged his body into the shadows toward the drainage ditch to finish him off. In his last breath, the condemned man faintly whispered, I thought vampires were folklore. With a malicious smile, the young girl looked into the dying man's eyes. That's what I thought, too. The next day, Chester's rigid, lifeless corpse was discovered in the polluted, trash-riddled gully. His body floated for several hundred yards in the icy waters and lodged in a connecting pipe, prompting utility workers to respond. In an attempt to unclog the channel, one of the laborers used a log.